Welcome to episode 18 of Confessions of a Casting Director, where you will hear advice, wisdom, and true stories from inside the audition room. I'm your podcast host, Jen Rudin. Today's episode features a live recording from the April 29th free online parent coaching session attended by over 150 parents, young actors, and their pets from all over the country. This past week, we discussed all things voiceover, beginning with a little bit of the history of my career, casting feature animated movies at the Walt Disney Company, and talking about the voiceover market in the current pandemic crisis that we are all living through. So if you could not attend our free online parent session on April 29th, you can listen here for all the details. And please join us for our next free online parent session just after Mother's Day on Wednesday, May 13th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can sign up for all these events and more classes for kids at reduced prices at jenrudencasting.com. In the meantime, welcome to All Things VoiceOver. Thanks for listening. Um, it's, I'm happy to see everybody. Happy Wednesday. Today, we are going to be talking about voiceover and animation, which is a huge um, area that I spend time casting in. And so I have a little presentation for you guys, and I will share my screen momentarily. Let's just make sure everybody is muted. There's somebody who's not unique. Here we go. Mute. Good. Um, great. I'm going to share my screen. So if folks can give me a thumbs up that you see the screen, that would be great. So stand by. And does everybody see my screen? Thumbs up. Great. Thank you. Okay. So uh, good afternoon. I'm Jen Rudin, casting director and author. Uh, this is my long bio, uh, spent many years in casting, over 20 years, most of you know me. I am the proud author of Confessions of a Casting Director, which is a book that HarperCollins published, and also now a podcast. I want to do a, uh, let's mute Audrey, great. I want to do a special thank you to Grace Galt, who designed my new, brand new podcast art. Um, I'm so excited. So if you haven't listened to the podcast yet, you can get it wherever you find your podcast, Apple, Spotify, and more. Um, we've got a bunch of different fun episodes. And usually what I do with this Wednesday chat is for the folks that can't make it, I turn it into a podcast episode uh, as well so that people can hear it. Um, so there's about 17 episodes and um, it's really fun to make. So Confessions of a Casting Director, brand new artwork, very excited about it. Wish I looked a little less wide in this, but that's okay. It's not about how you look. It's about the podcast. So um, we have been teaching a bunch of classes over the past seven weeks, all at reduced prices, all on Zoom, all limited to six students only just because we want everybody to get a chance to work. So um, over the next couple of weeks, we are going to continue with our fantastic um, turnout. We've had so much, uh, so many people who um, have participated in, let me just mute somebody, hold on, last person who probably joined. Let's do this, stand by. Okay, I've got to find this person, so I'm going to see if I can just go ahead and 
All right, that's better. Great. So um, animation classes have sold out. We have level one and level two classes. I wanted to just give a shout out to Lauren Sass, who's attended a few of them, and see if she might want to share just a quick word about how much she has enjoyed these classes. Lauren, if you're there, tell us what, you, what you've experienced in the level one and level two animation classes. Hi. Um, so I love your animation classes because we get to watch a movie that you got the opportunity to cast. And then we answer a few questions about it. And then we get to choose some character sides. And then we get to read it for the class. Then we get some critiques. And it's really a fun experience and you learn a lot. And, and then also in the level two animation class, um, what you, it's a little bit different. What we do with the sides is we record two different takes ahead of time. And then once um, we all hear it on screen, and then we uh, do it a couple more times in person. And then we hear the difference of when we first started and then when we ended and see how we gradually got better over, over time. And you really learn fun. And it's fun because I have everybody watch um, an animated movie that I've cast or and a TV episode to understand the differences between TV animation and feature animation, which we'll talk a little bit more about today. Uh, there's questions that you have to do in advance. And of course, you in level two are recording and sending recording files to me ahead of time. And then we critique them almost like everybody in the group is a casting associate um, giving uh, some feedback to each other. So it's really fun. They really sell out. So uh, if you're interested in signing up, please go to jenrudencasting.com and you will be able to find those classes all listed there. We also have this ongoing fun TV acting analysis class, which I've been wanting to teach for years. And some of the shows, we watch the show in advance. We analyze the teen acting on the show, the teen actors. And it's so fascinating because it's really what you can learn from um, from watching these young actors on TV. Um, Emery, you participated in the recent one for the Fosters, so maybe you can share a little bit about what the experience was like to be in that class. So I really liked that class because you got to see exactly like what they did in the show. And then we answered like, I think it was like 15 questions about it and then wrote a character description. And I thought it was really cool because then you got to see like how they made their characters be realistic so that you can make your characters more realistic. Absolutely. So we are watching these young actors on TV in order for, for the teen actors to be able to learn how they can uh, take what they see on TV and put it into their own auditions for TV and film. And now, of course, I've gotten, not only did Emery watch The Fosters with some other people in the class, her mother Stephanie is as addicted to the show as I am. So shout out to Stephanie for watching The Fosters. Okay, so today's topic is animation and voiceover. And I wanted to talk about it today because there is so much animation and voiceover going on during this pandemic. I just wanted to scroll through and share some of the movies that I've cast that I'm really proud of when I was on staff at Disney and head of casting. Brother Bear was the first one I worked on with an incredible score by um, Phil Collins and a uh, beautiful hand-drawn animation. Um, please mute everybody. And then The Incredibles, when Disney and Pixar were working together, I got to, uh, I was one of the casting directors on that movie. Um, next up was Chicken Little and that was Disney's first um, computer-generated 
not hand-drawn animated feature film to come out in 2005. I won an Ardios Award, which is uh, the Casting Society of America's version of the Academy Award, since we don't have a category <laughs> for casting directors. So I won the award for Best Feature Animation Casting for Chicken Little, a really fun movie that Lauren Sass and some of the other kids have watched in one of my animation classes called The Wild, uh, with a cast, Kiefer Sutherland, Janine Garofalo, um, uh, William Shatner, Jim Belushi, super fun cast. Uh, Meet the Robinsons, which um, is about time travel. Laurie Metcalf is in that one. And of course, The Princess and the Frog, which I also won an Ardios Award for casting, came out and it was Disney's return to the hand-drawn traditional animation and Disney's animated movie musical. So really proud of that one. And then um, after The Princess and the Frog, I worked on Frankenweenie, uh, with Winona Ryder, Catherine O'Hara, and then Rock Dog, which some of the kids have watched in one of the animation classes, starring Eddie Izzard and Luke Wilson, um, Kenan Thompson, J.K. Simmons, just before he won his Academy Award for Whiplash, and Eddie Izzard, who's also in the wild. On the TV front, uh, I have done some casting. I did some casting for Peter Rabbit. Some of you might have watched that on Nick Jr., a really sweet, sweet, sweet show. The Numberlies for Amazon, a project for Riot Games, and I'm currently doing a project for Netflix, which I will announce as soon as I am allowed to announce. Um, just a couple of fun casting stories and some insider trivia uh, from some of these projects. I'll tell you some interesting trivia um, with The Incredibles. Uh, we did a casting search all over the country for the boy, Spencer Fox, who voiced Dash. I found him in New York. He was a great commercial kid that I knew. He had all the amazing energy and spunk to voice Dash. His voice never changed. He was able to do all the ancillary products and um, and he's in college today and still remembers me the last time I saw him at an audition. So that's something fun about The Incredibles. Um, Chicken Little, a little trivia, uh, originally was voiced by Holly Hunter. And then Michael Eisner, who was head of the Walt Disney Company, said, I actually think Chicken Little should be voiced by a male voice. So we had to make a very sad phone call to Holly Hunter's agent to tell her she was no longer going to be the voice of Chicken Little. But luckily for Holly Hunter, she was already Mrs. Incredible in The Incredibles. So she had ended up just doing fine. My friend Zach Braff is the voice of Chicken Little. Um, for the wild, uh, we desperately tried to get this movie out before Madagascar hit the hit the screens with uh, DreamWorks, which is our um, obviously our uh, you know in competition a little bit with Disney. Um, but that movie came out, and whoever just joined, please mute. I think it's Amy. Let's see. Let's mute you. Great, and everybody should be muted now. Quinn, mute. Okay. Perfect. I think we're all muted. Um, yes. So let's see. Trivia on Meet the Robinsons. Um, we will talk about this. The boys' voices did start to change uh, as we were doing the production recording. We tried to do a recast with some other young uh, actors to voice uh, Wilbur and Lewis, but we ended up using the original kids and just pitching them up. Not something that I enjoyed doing, but we did. And for The Princess and the Frog, you can read about that in the animation chapter in Confessions of a Casting Director and hear how crazy it was because the role was in between Alicia Keys, Montego Glover, and my friend Anika Noni Rose, who got the role. Um, Frank and Weenie, I don't really have any interesting stories. That was just a fun one. And Rock Dog um, was a fun one too. So, uh, 
voiceover. We're here to talk about voiceover and self-taping. Uh, some of you have emailed me questions and I will address them. And when we finish this presentation, we will open it up and you can uh, send me a chat with your question. So um, a lot's going on with voiceover during this pandemic, which is why I thought it would be a good opportunity to talk about voiceover and animation. So I'm gonna just show you a couple of things I have here in my home studio. Um, I have two different microphones. This one connects to my computer. It's what I'm talking into right now. Uh, I believe they might have been out of stock on Amazon, so you can try to grab this one. Uh, I will put it in the notes and email you guys via Eventbrite. It's really fun and it connects to my computer and it's got a great sound. Um, and then many of you already have this little one that connects to your iPhone. I know that Lauren Sass has it and some other people who are on this and uh, it's a really great. You plug it right into your phone. The only uh, trick is that you have to take your phone case off in order to get this, <laughs> to get this microphone on there. So um, microphones are really important. Uh, you can certainly do MP3 auditions directly into your phone as long as it's in a quiet room. But if you can invest and you're interested in voiceover or you're getting a lot of auditions for voiceover, definitely grabbing this little microphone is such a lifesaver. I really can hear the difference between if you have a microphone on your iPhone and if you don't. Um, I am wearing these headphones right now. They are the ones that my recording studio for my Netflix show uses. I bought them. They were seriously on sale on Amazon. I feel like I paid $40 for them. They're super comfortable, as you can see. I'm wearing them now. And um, they are not wireless, so you do have to be connected to your computer to wear them. And they don't connect wirelessly to a phone. So don't buy them if you only have your phone as an option. Um, so I really like my headphones and, oh yes. Okay. So a couple of announcements before we open this up for chatting, we're going to take a break next week, but we're going to come back right after mother's day. And we are going to focus the entire hour with a special chat for mothers, including a special surprise guest. Um, well, not a surprise. I'm going to ask my own mother to join us for this chat so she can talk about what it was like back in the 1980s when she brought me to auditions. So I'm excited for our Mother's Day chat and I will be in touch with more info about that. Uh, finally, please feel free to book a, a private session with me if you'd like. I have been working with so many of you during this pandemic. We can do 15 minutes, half hour, 45 minutes, or an hour coaching. Everything's on Zoom. You get the audio and video files after our lesson. Um, we also offer, we also offer, I also offer parent coaching, career coaching, all kinds of things. So you can find all that out at jenrudencasting.com. And now you can actually book uh, an appointment with me online by going to the website. So that's my presentation. I am going to stop the share. Uh, and now I'm going to ask um, that uh, if you have specific questions about voiceover to uh, put them in the chat. And I'm first going to begin with um, a mother who emailed me this week and she said, here are the questions. What equipment, mic editing software should we have in order to truly be able to record remotely for a project? So I'm all about keeping it easy. Keep it easy. Um, the easiest thing to do is to the easiest thing to do is to get that microphone into your iPhone and record in whatever voice recorder or memo, voice memo app that you have. It's really easy to do. You hit record, <laughs> you can hit pause, you can hit stop, you can delete, do it that way. Um, you can 
upgrade yourself a little bit if you're actually going to record uh, with your computer and download Audacity, which is a free software. Audacity is an editing software. You must watch a YouTube tutorial on how to edit in Audacity. I actually found it to be a little challenging. Um, and the other option you can do is, of course, plug your microphone, which I have here, and record on GarageBand if you're working on a Mac. Um, so I think the easiest thing to do is you use your phone, um, get under a blanket if you don't have a quiet place to record. In fact, I wanted to say that last week we did some callbacks from my Netflix series, and we had an actor get under a blanket to make it uh, quieter, and P.S., he booked the role, and that was a wonderful phone call to make. Um, so think about the microphone, or just use your phone and get under a blanket or go into a closet and make it really safe. Don't, you do not need to spend tons of money with the soundproofing and all of that, at least not right now. There's this thing called Source Connect. Everyone's freaking out about it. I keep getting emails every day from actors saying they have Source Connect. Um, Source Connect is really used if you're, if you're working from home during the pandemic and you're recording commercials and you need to send the audio files really quickly. You can download it. It's like downloading Chrome. It's no big deal. But having Source Connect doesn't really matter if you don't have a quiet place to record your audio files. So I think the first step is to find a corner, find the quiet place where you can actually make the audition. And then from there, build upon with your microphone, your blanket, a closet filled with clothes. So uh, Tina Roth, I hope that answers that question. Um, is it okay, is it legal to record yourself performing a character and their lines from a movie show and post on casting websites to showcase voiceover talent? I, I think it's probably okay because if the movie's already out, the script is out, and if you just want to transpose a scene, I think that's okay. Um, if you do take one of my voiceover classes, you get access to some commercial files and to some um, animation, and you once you take my class, you're, you're really welcome to use that. That's material that's already out there. Great. So do you change your voice or just speak regular? Um, that is a also a million dollar question. Thank you for asking. It really depends on the tone. Um, we have discussed, and Lauren and Emery, and I think Ashley's here too. There's been, Emma's probably on. There's been a, a bunch of kids who've taken, oh, Colin, Colin O'Brien has taken my class. You really have to figure out when you get the audition, what the tone is. Is it a Saturday morning cartoon? Is it preschool? Is it a video game? Is it a feature animated movie? Because all of those are different genres and all might require a different part of your voice. So the challenge is that you usually get the voiceover audition and you don't get any information. Um, you have to be a sleuth and use that script as your roadmap um, to, in order to try to figure out what type of voice you are going to do. Uh, there's a lot of debate about slating. Slating is saying your name. Some people want slates in character, I want you to slate your actual natural voice. So Lauren, if you're on, Lauren Sass, if you can just quickly slate your name three times in a row, three different ways, let's just hear that slate. Lauren Sass, Lauren Sass, Lauren Sass. Okay, this time just try it with a smile, nice and relaxed. Here's the thing with the slates before Lauren does round two. Oftentimes, the slate is <laughs> the only thing that people will listen to to determine 
if they actually want to hear your full audition. I know that that sounds really crazy, but that's how saturated this market is and how inundated we get. Um, let's hear Lauren's. And then Meredith, Schlu uh, is, is uh, John with you or is he at school? He's, hold on. Is John with you to Slate or is he at school? He's right in there, but he could come back in. Yeah, so why don't you bring him back in and I'll have him do a sample slate since he's taken okay. the classes as well. Great, thanks. Okay, so um, so Lauren, friendly slate, nice slate, just nice and relaxed talking to your best friend. I always say the slate is, is that's kind of the best way to approach it. So Lauren, whenever you're ready, let's do three more. Lauren Sass, Lauren Sass, Lauren Sass. And then just give me a, hi, I'm Lauren Sass. Hi. I'm Lauren Sass. Great, thank you, Lauren. So um, we're gonna have John um, from Memphis do a quick slate for us just so we can hear a, a male voice. And keeping in mind, you guys, the slates are um, really specific for whatever audition you're doing. So some people want your name and your age. When it comes for me with animation, I don't actually wanna know your age because if you're, if you're 11 and can, can sound younger, uh, that's great. I'd rather hire an 11 year old to sound like an eight year old and I don't I don't care that you're 11. So we're going to hear John Slate and then Audrey, um, Audrey Rolls, if you're on, let's hear your slate and then we'll move on to some more questions. So uh, Meredith, is John there? Hi, I'm here. Oh, cool. Hey, John. So um, uh, let's just hear a couple, just give me three slates with your name, three different ways. Okay. Hi, I'm John Schusler. Hi, I'm John Schusler. <laughs> Hi, I'm John Schuessler. Great, I love John's voice because it's this like really quirky, interesting character-y voice, which is great versus Lauren Sass, who's like super sweet and sort of in that, you know, um, Disney princess way. And now let's hear Audrey. Audrey Knowles, if you're, Rolls, if you're on this, Audrey from Nashville. Let's just hear your quick slates. Just give me three in a row. Okay. Hi, I'm Audrey Kate Rolls. Hi, I'm Audrey Kate Rolls. Hi, I'm Audrey Kate Rolls. Just one more, Audrey, and this time just do it with a smile. I keep talking about smiling because that is um, a really nice way to find a different, friendlier part of your voice. So Audrey, three times in a row, not a fake smile, just natural. Hi, I'm Audrey Kate Rolls. Hi, I'm Audrey Kate Rolls. Hi, I'm Audrey Kate Rolls. Good, very nice. So all three of those young actors, I would absolutely keep on listening to, um, to uh, uh, your... Um, your audition. Okay, we're gonna talk a little bit about um, Invisalign because Invisalign is definitely, <laughs> is braces and Invisalign. I think if you have Invisalign, uh, take them out for slates. And if you have Invisalign, take it out for your reads. Really important um, because you would do that anyway in a, in a voiceover actual recording. So, um, okay. So do you change your voice or just speak regular? We've discussed your slate is absolutely in your regular voice. And then your audition depends on what the genre is, right? If it's preschool, you're going to pitch yourself up to be a sound a little sweeter. Um, if it's um, horror, adult horror, uh, then you're not going to sound so sweet. You're going to actually try to figure out what the, what the genre is of the show. Okay. Would voiceovers be something a child can do if she has issues with certain sounds? Um, and speech therapies helped. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I think that um, everybody's voice is unique. It's something to think about. If you are specifically a parent who's got a child with some speech um, challenges, I would definitely try to work with um, somebody to um, to correct it if they want to pursue a voiceover career. 
Uh, okay, it seems like the only people who get VO auditions are those that have VO experience. How can we get started? That is also a million dollar question. Um, Here's the deal who, for the mom who asked that or the young actor, for kids, we're always open because it's kids casting. And as I always like to say, today's nine-year-old is tomorrow's 15-year-old. So kids have a very short window of time. So I will always listen to kids. Um, it is, however, a highly te technical profession. And I think uh, it's uh, deceivingly easy to people, but if you really spent time in the audition in the audition room or the recording studio you would see how hard it is to do a four-hour recording session you are left to your own devices you do not have a scene partner you are reading scenes and lines and episodes for four hours obviously there's a break but it is definitely it takes a lot of endurance um, which is why a lot of musical theater people are very good for animation because they have that musical theater training. Um, if you don't have an agent, um, you should, you know, keep on the lookout on Actors Access and backstage. There might be some non-union voiceover stuff that's casting. Traditionally, I don't release a lot of voiceover projects on breakdown services. I just speak to the voiceover agents, but I often, if I'm doing a massive search, um, uh, 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 to Lucia's mom. If I'm doing a big search, I will put it out on Actors Access and right backstage, which I've done before, to try to find that voice. The slate should not uh, be three times. You should do your slate one time. So it's just, hi, I'm Jen Rudin, or hi, I'm Lauren Sass, one time. Um, let's see, would voiceover, okay, it seems like, right, we talked about that. Uh, do I do any Spanish language voiceovers? Yes, in fact, I did a huge campaign for Macy's a couple years ago, Macy's Labor Day and then Macy's Christmas, and um, I was casting both Spanish and English. So if you are truly bilingual, that is fantastic, and then you absolutely can audition for Spanish-speaking voiceovers. If you're not bilingual, then don't. Um, you cannot lie about anything in this business, especially if you are facile in another language. How do you get your agency to send you voiceover auditions? Um, well, it depends if your agency covers voiceover because some of them do and some of them don't. So if you do work with an agency that doesn't specifically have a commercial or voiceover department, the best thing to do is ask the agent, express your interest in voiceover and see if they might be able to make an introduction to another agency um, to, to cover her on voiceover. Um, are teens with braces at a disadvantage? Well, you know, I think it depends on, um, depends. Um, I had braces and I still did voiceovers um, because I still worked in voiceovers even though I had braces. And by the way, I had braces on the inside of my teeth <laughs> because my agent thought it was better to hide my braces. And by the way, it was double the price. That's all I remember my father saying to have that. Um, so... Uh, for slates, do we always say hi? You know, I think your slate has just got to be you feeling very natural. So if it's natural for you to say, hi, I'm Jen Rudin, great. If it sounds fake and phony, just say your name. Um, slates are great and slates can be practiced anywhere. You can practice them in front of the mirror. You can practice them in the bathroom. You can practice them to a sibling. Getting so comfortable with your slate, nice and easy and conversational and thinking um, for uh, the, the person who asked that, Olivia Daniels, thinking about talking to your best friend, that it should just feel easy breezy. More questions, guys? I am here to answer them. Um, if you want to unmute yourself and ask a question, please do. 
Um, and I'm going to just scroll back up through the rest of these chats to see that we covered everything. Yes, I hear somebody. Who's there? So I'm going to unmute myself. Um, I'm a teacher in uh, New Jersey, so we're so close to New York City. Is that where you are? Yeah, yeah. Um, and my kids are all bilingual, mostly Spanish first and then English. And um, because I know it's important to have perfect Spanish. Um, but that, that I really would love to help, help them break into that genre because it seems like it's all there. I just don't know how to get them in. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, if you send me a note, we can have a discussion offline. You can email me, jenruddencasting at gmail.com. It's all about access, right? You can't find out about the voice of our auditions unless you have an agent. You can't get an agent unless you have an agent. It's that whole catch-22. Um, and if they are truly bilingual, that is a very good skill to have. Um, okay, so uh, when they're looking for young kids, are they more forgiving of reading level? Well, let me share a story about a show called Bing and then... Um, Bing is a, is a preschool show that is very popular in the UK, award-winning show. And I was hired to cast the New York um, or LA, the US version. Uh, Bing is a four-year-old bunny, I believe, and he is learning to read and all of that. So all the episodes were already recorded with the British boy and they wanted to find an American boy. And they ideally wanted the sound to be a seven or eight year old little boy. Well, there was so much dialogue in this script and it was so difficult because ADR, which is when you're trying to voice match what's already been recorded previously, it's its own skill unto itself, was so difficult. So they hired about three or four different seven-year-old boys and none of them could do it. None of them could, could handle it. And it was just, you know, between the concentration and the reading and all of that. So um, my preference is to, uh, they can be forgiving of reading level, Lee, when it's a quick thing that we can spoon feed the lines to the kids and they just repeat after the voice director or the casting director, but reading is incredibly important. I talk about it in Confessions of a Casting Director, how important it is to read out loud, how important it is to be a good reader. I have been in voiceover auditions. Oh, The Lorax, that was a movie I worked on for Universal. I have been in auditions and I have called the voiceover agent and said, your client can't read and they, they just, they can't read. And I just thought you should know. Um, so reading is really important. And also um, we like to hire a little bit of an older kid to voice the younger if they can pull it off. So what ended up happening with the Bing casting is we couldn't find the boy, we couldn't find the boy. It was a non-union job too, by the way, so it made it even harder. But usually, even if it's a non-union job, I can find a little boy that hasn't joined the union yet. I put it on backstage, I put it on casting breakdowns, I found the boy, a nine-year-old boy in California. He got the part and he's been doing it. Now he's like 11. It was a very, very difficult job to to cast. Um, what are they, okay, with a microphone, do you need a pop filter? Gee, I'm just not really sure. Uh, I think my voice sounds fine on my microphone and I use it for my podcast. Um, do you recommend doing voiceover lines by line or running all the way through? Obviously, when you're recording, you have to... Um, do the lines in the order that they're written, but I certainly think for practice, you can run your lines three times in a row to get, uh, to get familiar with them. Um, okay, the questions are coming in and coming in and coming in and coming in. Um, let's see. Let me go back up and see where I was. Okay, 
When you have to read a scene differently multiple times, how do you put a lot of variety into each take? That is the job of the actor, you know? Um, three times in a row, three different ways. Use your imagination. Um, this young man who booked this Netflix role from his blanket, uh, he just had so many different variations. It was fantastic. So just reading, read the cereal box and read it three different ways. Read the New York Times and read it three different ways. Read your Harry Potter book to a younger sibling. Read the same line three different ways. See if you can keep your younger sibling's attention. Um, Meredith, I'll get back to you about the voiceover demo in a while. Um, let's see. What are they expecting from non-readers when they bring them in for in-person voiceover auditions? We've had quite a few of those and I made my non-reader memorize four pages. We even had the agent call ahead and they said, bring her in anyway. Why would they want non-readers? As I said earlier, um, it's okay to have a non-reader if we can spoon feed them the lines. It just depends on how big the part is, you know? I have spoon fed five-year-olds lines, but it's only a few. We certainly had little kids in Peter Rabbit and they could spoon feed them because it wasn't that many lines. Um, so, in my limited reading, it sounds like voiceover work is spoken language instead of sounds. Am I correct? Um, that's a good question from Grant. Um, when we hire a voiceover actor, we expect them to do all the efforts, which is what you're talking about, the sounds, right? Um, Eddie Izzard in the wild, running through, getting chased by wildebeests, and he's a tiny koala bear. Ah! He put a... <clears throat> trash can over his head in the recording studio in order to sound like he was muffled and under a, you know, hiding under a, a, a tree or something. Um, so yes, we are, we require you to do all the giggles, do all the laughs, do all the, <gasps> the gasps and all of that. Um, if you sign up and take my voiceover class, you get plenty of practice doing all those, what we call efforts. Um, and yes, we really want the same actor to be doing those efforts. Um, how often are girls able to be cast as young boys? Um, yeah, you know, I, I'm all for like Spencer Fox and the Incredibles. You know, he was 10 years old and he was voicing Dash and I thought it was great. I really prefer to cast young boys for those roles. Um, I don't love to have a grown-up woman voicing a little boy. Um, it's okay sometimes to have a girl voicing the boy's role because um, her voice might not change quite as drastically as, uh, as a boy's voice will change, as I experienced in Meet the Robinsons. Um, what would a session be like from our professional home studio? We purchased what the agent said, um, and yeah, I mean, do they patch the coach in via phone? I mean, I think those are going to be questions. If you book, um, a voiceover role now during the pandemic, um, you can certainly ask your agent, uh, what the, what how they can help you make it sound as good as possible. I know for my Netflix show, um, the recording studios are shipping microphones and headphones to the actors at home so that they can at least get set up for a preliminary run. But with this one, um, you're gonna just have to ask uh, Rachel what to do um, for that specific job. Um, what's the market for 16 year olds? Mm, it's not great only because uh, if she's 16, we would almost rather um, hire a, an 18 year old. That way we don't have to have a um, teacher on the set, um, a social worker. Um, believe me, they've, they have to come to animation recording sessions as well as, um, <laughs> as, well as live action sets. Um, how do you sign up for one of my classes? So all my classes are at reduced prices during this pandemic and they are all available 
at jenrudencasting.com, go to the classes and coaching and you will be able to find all of those links there. Um, when singing, is there a specific song that you should stick to for a voiceover audition? I think that is going to depend on what the role is. Um, if they want you to sing, do they want you, they might specify that they want you to sing like a pop song. They might specify that they want you to sing, uh, you know, a Broadway song. So try to get those questions answered as much as possible in advance before you send in your um your audition, you know, ask questions, you know, it's very difficult to try to like make sense of this voiceover audition when you don't have any material other than what they've just sent you, but ask questions, ask questions, ask questions. I am looking for somebody who I need to mute. Oh my God. Who is it? <laughs> uh, what's the best age to start as doing voiceovers? I think as long as you are a good reader um, and can read and have a good ear and can memorize, uh, that it's never too early to start. That being said, I really do prefer a smart 11-year-old to voice an eight-year-old. Um, can a parent ask too many questions? I mean, I think if you get an audition from your agent, you can try to ask, try to see what they can answer. Is this preschool? Do you know? They may or may not know if it's preschool. Um, they may they may not have any more information. I try when I'm sending out auditions to give as much information as possible. You know, to say this is an animated preschool series um, or this is a feature animation movie. But sometimes the confidentiality of these projects is so intense that we really can't say much. If that's the case, you need to make your own judgment when you make your voiceover audition, or you can just email me and we'll do a quick session on Zoom and get it done. Um, so Ashley's on here and we have been working. Ashley, are you there? Ashley Kahlo? <laughs> I don't know if she's here, but we she's gotten the most last minute voiceover auditions and we just like, we hop on the Zoom for 15 minutes and we, we get it done. And she also records the audition while I'm on with her, I mute myself. So it's very, it can be very, um, a productive coaching. Is it okay to submit a few versions of one line or just to submit one? It will say in the audition, Lee, whether or not they want two takes or they want one take. Uh, I always say, send your best take. And Lauren Sass, um, who's been in the classes along with John from Memphis, usually the best take is like the third or fourth one. Um, so you really have to, you know, send your best take in and then eventually send it in and get on with the day. If you mess up a voiceover audition, you feel that you messed up when the due days pass, can you ask your agent if you can retake the audition? You know, probably not because there's a deadline. So for instance, I have some auditions coming in this afternoon for a project. There's a really strict deadline and um, you got to stick to it. So do your best, give your best audition and then send it into the agent and, and move on. Um, okay, so other questions. We have a little time and I'm happy to answer them. Um, it's such a fun area to cast and there's so much going on in the voiceover world, especially now. What's the difference in approach between series animation and feature animation? Great, so um, Lauren Sass, I'm gonna put you on the spot since you've been studying. Um, I'm actually gonna put Lauren and John on the spot. So can you talk, um, Lauren, about the difference between uh, Bob's Burger, I think you watched, and the feature animated movie, The Wilds. Can you talk about the difference between TV animation versus feature animation? And then John, I think you're gonna do it for whatever we watched last week. Yeah, so um, it's, there's, you can kind of, there's like a distinct difference. So I would say for Bob's Burgers, um, that's a comedy. So for example, um, they might, they're very sarcastic. So 
and, and, and they have, for, though Bob's Burgers is a 30 minute series. And On so Fox, very exactly, short, TV animation. Yeah, it's a very short, yeah, TV animation tends to be much shorter than a movie. So they have like a, a short amount of time to, to do their whole episode and story together. But then in a film, you see the character develop, and then so th their voice might like change with like, the highs and the lows. And not saying that, that that doesn't happen with TV, but you really see the process way more in film. Sure. And John, um, John in Memphis, do you have anything you want to add on the difference between, I'm, I'm, I'm playing teacher's pet here, or Audrey, who's in Nashville, because you guys have studied these, these genres really closely. There is definitely a difference, not just in length of time, but also in, um, you know, in tone, right? TV animation, there's Saturday morning TV animation, then there's something like a Big Mouth or Bojack Horseman or Bob's Burgers. So John and Audrey, anything to add there? So like movies have a much larger budget, meaning that you're actually gonna hear more of what like the voice itself would sound like in a movie compared to a TV show where they have less time to like fill in all the gaps and also like less time to really get it all sounding right. Yeah, totally. I would say that um, Chicken Little, you know, they, record, they recorded for years and sometimes feature animation is put together based on sequences, right? They don't even have a full script sometimes. What was nice about The Princess and the Frog is they had a full script, so they were ready to go, but it still took them like two years to make the darn movie with all the voice sessions and the animation and all of that. With TV animation, you're on a much, much, much tighter schedule. Um, good. Audrey, roles in Nashville, anything to add? Maybe they're not there. Okay. Um, do casting agents save submissions from previous projects to use for current ones? Yes. First of all, it's casting director, not casting agent. I just want to be clear. It's a, it, it happens all the time. We're casting directors, not agents. Um, yes, we totally store stuff. We store stuff. We store all the MP3s. In fact, for those of you who know the, the Charmin, the Talking Bears campaign, I cast that campaign a couple of years ago. That's the, we all go, why not enjoy the go with Charmin Ultrasoft? Okay, anyway, people made a lot of money on that commercial. Somebody got me a Kiehl's gift basket. <laughs> that was very nice as a way to say thank you for booking such a big campaign. We do keep the files and the ad agency keeps the files. And so a couple years later, the Charmin people re-listened to some of the auditions and booked some people off of those files and it was great. So yes, we do keep them um, and we, we, we keep people in mind for the future um, and you just never know when you might get that call that you have a booking and you're like, oh, I auditioned for that commercial a year ago. Same thing happened with my Macy's campaign. People auditioned, then they canceled the Christmas campaign and then boom, they reopened it and people booked from there, Spanish and English speaking. Um, how much do you pay on voiceover roles? That is going to vary very much between whether it's a non-union straight fee, whether it's a feature animated movie or whether it's, um, it's a TV animation project. So that also depends on whether uh, it's a SAG project or not. So, um, so there you go. Uh, Okay, um, is there a better chance of getting the role if you send the audition early or wait until the last minute? I mean, if you get an audition, work on it as soon as possible, get it off your to-do list. That's sort of my feeling on um, workflow, <laughs> but that's also because I'm like, a, I need to get my work done so I can move on to the next thing. Um, don't spend all day on your voiceover audition, you know, record it several times, coach with me, don't coach with me, but record it send it off to your agent and um, get on, eat lunch. 
My daughter's eight and a half. It's a good age to begin voiceover. Sure. Absolutely. You know, again, good reading, good reading skills is really, really a great requirement um, for any job you're going to do in show business, but read, 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 get off Instagram kids and read, <laughs> read a book. I know it's crazy, but believe me, the parents are probably happy to hear that. Get off Instagram and read. It will help you. Um, so as we start to wrap things up, uh, do you have any casting for shorts? Yeah, I do cast for shorts sometimes. Um, some, some of the animation I've worked on are video games or shorts and all kinds of things. There was a beautiful short film um, called Age of Sail that you can watch on YouTube that was a short listed for the Oscars. That was a short film as well. Uh, does voiceover work ever lead to on-screen work? Um, you know, they're very separate worlds. So the kids, I think, Lauren, you're in my level two this weekend, and I think John's in it as well. We're going to watch Meet the Robinsons. Am I correct, Lauren and John? I think I sent that out. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, good. Um, so, and Ashley, since you're there, I have a question for you too. So for level two, we're going to watch Meet the Robinsons, and boy, oh boy, Lori Metcalf, who's not only in Toy Story, but she's She's in Meet the Robinsons. She's done a ton of animation. She's on The Connors. She was on The Roseanne Show. She's won double Tony Awards two years in a row for her Broadway work. Talk about a versatile actor who works in all areas. We're going to be doing a much closer look at Laurie Metcalf um, over the weekend. So Ashley, I was talking about you earlier, just like how fast and quick these voiceovers, you know, come in and how quickly you just need to make a decision. So do you want to weigh in since we've done some coaching, like I just on how you make your decision finally, like I got to send this in and, and put on my lipstick <laughs> for the <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> um, yeah. So I just say do a couple of takes and whenever you start to like get into a flow to where you can feel the tempo's good and it works. So once you feel like you've gotten a couple of good takes, then just choose your favorites and then just send them off. Yeah, 100%, get on with things. The last thing I do wanna say that is crucial about voiceover auditions, obviously you're curating, curating your auditions from home which gives you a lot of freedom, as Ashley said. You can do it a few times, you can get into the groove, and then eventually you have to send it in. Read the instructions carefully on how they want that MP3 labeled. I like to have it be name, role, agency. Jen Rudin, queen, whatever. Rudin talent, okay, there's no Rudin talent agency. I was casting two video games before the pandemic that had 25 roles in each video game. I specifically wanted every single MP3 to be labeled name, role, agency. If you don't have an agent, you can name, role, dash, direct, which means I'm gonna contact you directly. So many people, these are adults and kids, sent in the MP3s not labeled correctly, sent in the MP3 saying, you know, 7024.mp3, no, no, no. I have a filing system. When I receive those MP3s, they have to go into folders based on the role and they have to be labeled the correct way. So I kid you not, I sent back tons of notes and said, please relabel, please relabel correctly. So read all the instructions, read exactly if they want the slate to be separate from the first scene, to be separate from the second scene, do they want it all in one? It's really important. And I know it's nitty gritty, but it makes my life so difficult if I receive a bunch of MP3s that are not labeled correctly. So take your time, read what it, they need. If there's an NDA to sign, which there sometimes is, sign the NDA, 
and return it, do your job, read all the instructions carefully. Do I specialize only in voiceovers? Um, oh, you saw Lori Metcalf in Doll's House. Yeah, she was Doll's House too. She was fabulous. Um, no, I, I primarily, like half my work is animation and voiceovers. A lot of it's with kids, but I also am doing this thing for Netflix that's all adults and, and super fun. So my preference is to cast voiceovers over the other stuff, but I cast in all areas. So um, if you want more in-depth information, definitely check out the Making Mickey Talk chapter in Confessions of a Casting Director where I detail the Princess and the Frog casting process, um, which is really a fun story. Um, Samantha and Alexa had a question. Yes, we do. Um, so is it important when you buy a mic to buy the windshield as well? I don't even know what a windshield is, so maybe... So I, I took a I took a voiceover class and um, the lady that she had like a windshield for her mic it was like a little fuzzy piece that goes in the front of it. Oh, absolutely! See this? Yes, I that's my fuzzy piece. So yes, it comes with the microphone. Certainly came with this one, and I keep it on. Yeah. And just recommend it, recommend like with the one that you suggested to keep it on while you're recording as well. Yes, absolutely, of course, of course. This microphone is on and I keep it on for my podcast. I keep it on when I'm doing my coaching um, and it's got great sound. So yes, thank you so much. Always use those and a pop filter. Okay, what do you mean when you say role when you introduce yourself or Slade? Um, if, if you're auditioning for Lucy in a Peanuts uh, Christmas special, you would say, hi, I'm Jen Rudin and this is my audition for Lucy, but only if it's if they want you to slate that way. The other option, um, uh, Matilda, is to Jen Rudin dash Lucy is the role dash agency, okay? Always use those in a pop filter. I worked in the music shop for a long time. Okay, <laughs> great. Um, what else? Final questions. Final questions. Oh, you can, you know, for people who want more information, in addition to the chapter in the book, I wrote a column for Backstage called Speakeasy for two years, and there's just a lot of free info there on those, uh, those uh, columns. So um, what's a pop filter? Who wants to tell us what a pop filter is? Somebody, what's a pop filter? You mind if I unmute? Yeah, please unmute. Thank you, Gina. Since a pop filter is something that a lot of vocalists will use inside of a recording studio, and it's a piece that goes in front of your microphone, between you and your microphone, that catches the p and the s and all those sounds that make really awful things inside your microphone. You totally, yes, go ahead. Yeah. And especially want to use it if you're using a condenser microphone, which I yes. definitely and those over any dynamic microphone. Yeah, those are going to be more expensive. John, John in Memphis, I believe you have the pop filter, right, John? Yeah, that's right. I've seen it. And, um, yeah, so um, that, and it's very impressive. And in fact, I had a callback with an actor who had one. So he had that, but he didn't have headphones. And I was like, okay, so you sort of half built your studio. But anyway, headphones, headphones, so important for concentration. It's so important to hear yourself. Take off your earrings, take off all your jewelry when you're making a voiceover um, MP3. Thank you, Gina, for being our um, music consultant. I really appreciate it. Uh, that's a pop filter. Okay, great. Um, and as we are starting to wrap up, I think that, um, you know, this is an exciting time. You're home, right? You have a lot of time to try some different things. Um, look into your iPhone if you haven't looked at it before and see what the voice memo voice recorder app is that comes, comes with the phone for free. Um, practice, you know, practice your slates, play it back, see what it sounds like. You know, it's free. 
You know, you already have a smartphone, so why not use it? If you have GarageBand on your computer, great, just try that. See what you sound like. I will tell you in all my years of animation and voiceover casting, and now it's coming up to 20, uh, 18, 19, 20, about 20 years, I can hear everything. So you always, always want to have your water. There it is. You never want to assume that they're going to have water for you likely in the recording studio, but don't assume it. Always have your water, eat an apple. Um, there's different um, uh, debates on whether or not dairy is good or not. Um, I, I don't do dairy, so I can't say what's going to create phlegm, but I will tell you that I hear everything. So a dry mouth is the first thing you don't want to have in your audition. You all want to take a sip of water. Yes, mint tea is, is great. Are most jobs non-union or union? You know, it really depends. Um, I really try to only do cast union jobs. Be, for many reasons, because uh, the casting directors finally have a union of our own, and I'm a firm believer in the unions. That being said, I have to keep my lights on, and sometimes it means doing a non-union job. Um, but uh, believe me, I charge different casting rates if it's a non-union job, because um, I have to dig a little deeper. Um, for a lot of the kids starting out, it's going to be a non-union gig, and that's okay, just to get that experience. And um, and yes, green apple is good, Joey. Absolutely. I eat green apples every day and they're very good for recording. A uh, couple more questions. Anybody else want to raise their hand and ask a question? question? Yes, go ahead. No, okay, good. Colin O'Brien, did you have a question? Um, so yes, who's, who, who has a question? Lynn Quinn. Um, quick question. Um, a kid that I don't really know said he had a voiceover audition for that. I can't remember the series name. It has a character 13. Some of you kids might know it. Who's got the character with the 13? Wait, what's the question? I, I don't know how to help them. Like, who, when they have a whole script and the, someone has to respond to them, who does that? Right. So most of the time when I'm coaching somebody, Lynn, I will read the other lines. Like Ashley, Ashley, are you still there from Atlanta? Um, unmute yourself if you're still there. So usually when I work with people on voiceover, I will read the other lines just so we see what's going on in the scene, just so we know what the acting beats are. But, um, but then when it comes time to recording, it's up to them to record on their own. So, you know, you're trying to figure out like the questions of the scene, like what's the tone? What is this character like? What do they want? Um, Ashley, you are here. So just like, let's chat for a minute, usually on how we do our voiceover sessions, um, if you're there. Yeah, so um, normally what ends up okay. happening is, oh, what, can she hear you? Yes, yes, we can. <laughs> um, normally what we end up doing is I'll read through about maybe two or three times, and then Jen will give me some notes, and then we'll just start recording. And once we do, Jen will mute herself, and she's also recording the whole time. So say if there's something that I really liked, but there was one thing off about it, I can go back to the recording and rewatch it, and then I can redo the take out. Yeah, and also with Ashley, if it is a scene with dialogue, Lynn, I will read the scene with Ashley at least once or twice, then I will shut up. Oh, you know who's on? Shanti Wimmer is on. We did the same thing for an audition. I read with her a little bit, and then once we knew what was going on with the scene, off she went, right? And just did it on her own. So you don't need me at that point because you can't have a scene partner when it comes time for your voiceover taping. 
completely different when it comes to live action. We are not going to talk about live action today because we don't have time. Completely different situation where, yes, you need to be the scene partner. Yes, you need to give the lines to your, to your child so that they have somebody to react off of. But yeah, with the voiceover, it's just you doing it yourself, which is why it requires your imagination and a lot of energy and a lot of endurance. Um, so as we are starting to wrap up, um, if you want to take a voiceover class, you've heard from Lauren and John and, and Audrey and Ashley, they've all had a good, and Emery, they've all had a good time. If I've forgotten Sammy Bray, if I've forgotten anybody else, I'm sorry. Um, it's been really fun to work in voiceover, especially now that we're all home wearing our hoodies and, you know, leggings and just relaxed. We can, we don't have to dress up for these voiceover classes. So please feel free to look at Jen Rudin Casting and sign up if you're interested. Um, this was a, a, you know, I hope this was informative for you. There's many questions out there and there's a lot of bad information. So I wanted to, uh, oh, bye. Um, I wanted to dispel. Okay, hold on. Let <laughs> this last person for our concluding remarks. Um, let me find them. Anique, wherever you are. Uh, okay, so as I said, we're going to take next week off um, just for a quick uh, break. And then we're going to come back right after Mother's Day. And I'm going to invite just the parents to come to this Mother's Day one. And the kids can... Um, relax and do their schoolwork. And we're going to have a chat about being moms in the business, sacrifices, the love, the support, and what we, our dreams for our kids. So it's going to be a little bit more of a personal one. Um, we're not going to record it for the podcast. And um, I am going to ask my own mother to join us for that. So that will not be next week, but that will be the week after. And coming up, we're going to have a guest agent in the next couple of weeks. Um, and we're probably going to go back and, and do a session on live action taping because there's a lot of questions there. So keep in touch and email me if you have other topics that you would like to talk about during these Wednesdays at two. Um, it's so nice to see everybody. I wish you all so much continued health and safety and keep our prayers going for this to be over soon so that we can all <laughs> see each other again. And yes, happy early Mother's Day to everybody who is a parent or a mom out there or a stepmom, stepmom. Um, and I will see you guys all in two weeks. So thank you so much and have a great afternoon. Bye, so everybody. Thank you, Jen. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye, everybody. For more episodes of Confessions of a Casting Director, go to jenrudencasting.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast fix. And please subscribe, rate, and review and tell your friends about our show. We've got a bunch of fun online classes for young actors in voiceover and animation, TV acting analysis, and monologues at reduced prices during the pandemic. So you can check them out and sign up at jenrudencasting.com slash classes dash coaching. And if you love this show as much as I love doing it, please consider supporting us with a contribution to keep our show going. You can contribute at jenrudencasting.com slash podcast and support us through Patreon or PayPal. Thanks for listening.